Welcome to another ACCA SBR podcast. My name is Tom Clendon and I am an ACCA SBR online lecturer who helps students pass their accountancy exams. If you want to find out more detail, please visit my website www.tomclendon.co.uk. So I've done recent podcasts on leases, impairment, deferred tax, but this podcast is on cryptocurrencies, on how we account for Bitcoin. And from an SBR perspective, it's a current issue because there isn't a specific accounting standard on how we account for Bitcoin, how we account for cryptocurrencies. Now, you may think you already know how to account for cryptocurrencies. But please still listen, because in the exam, it's the explanation. It's the argument around the justification of the accounting treatment, rather than the conclusion itself, that will pick up the marks. And secondly, as you'll hear me discuss at the end, I think there's a number of very different ways that this topic can be approached and a number of different angles. And I'll explain that at the end. But let's start at the beginning. And if we're talking about cryptocurrencies, then what is it? What are they? Well, they're a digital token. There's something which is recorded on the Internet using this blockchain technology, something which is very secure. So it's an intangible item that that exists on the Internet. Now, if we're having to think about the accounting treatment of something and there isn't an accounting standard, the logical place to start is the framework, the conceptual framework. And the framework identifies that there are five elements assets, liabilities, equity, income, and expenses. And as soon as you realize that, cryptocurrencies jump out as being an asset. An asset is a, is a present economic resource that is controlled by the entity as a result of past events. Now, there's certainly control because you've got that blockchain technology. And there's certainly economic resources, there's benefits from owning a Bitcoin. So clearly a Bitcoin, a cryptocurrency is an asset. Now the framework talks about recognizing an asset if it's useful to do so. So should we recognize cryptocurrencies as an asset? Well, is it relevant? Is it faithful to do so? Relevant implies a prediction. And yes, by including a cryptocurrency as an asset, you're predicting the future cash flows that you will get from when you sell it. You are being, it is relevant for the investors to know. You're also faithfully representing by including it, because if you exclude it, then you omit it, you're being incomplete, and that's not faithful. So the framework to me is absolutely clear. A cryptocurrency is an asset, which should be recognized. But recognizes what type of asset? What type of asset is a cryptocurrency? Well, the name suggests it's a currency. The name suggests it's cash. 
But what is cash? Well, we have ISA 7. And cash is defined there as something which is readily exchanged for goods and services. Readily exchanged. Now, I've never used Bitcoin to buy petrol because it wouldn't be accepted. You can't buy one of my courses using Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrencies. They're just not widely accepted. So it is clear that Bitcoins, that cryptocurrencies are not currencies in our accounting language. They're not cash. But maybe they're cash equivalents. And cash equivalents are short-term, highly liquid investments, readily convertible into known amounts of cash, which bear insignificant risks of changes in value. Oh, my God. Clearly, cryptocurrencies are not cash equivalents because cash equivalents have to have insignificant risks of changes in value. And we all know, if we know anything about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, is that they are volatile. They are speculative. So they are clearly not cash equivalents. And whilst we're talking about cash, some people have argued in the past that maybe cryptocurrencies are a financial asset, a financial instrument. And let's examine that process. A financial asset is cash, but we've seen it's not cash. Or a financial asset is an equity interest in another entity. In other words, it shares. It's an interest in the assets after the liabilities are paid off. But, but clearly, a cryptocurrency is not shares in another company. And nor is it a contractual right to receive cash. So it's not like a trade debtor or a loan that you've made or a debenture that you've bought. So cryptocurrencies just don't fit into IFRS 9. They don't fit into the definition of a financial asset. So let's be positive. What are they? Well, they're digital. They're intangible. You can't touch them. And that leads us to thinking about ISA 38. Now, ISA 38 defines an intangible asset as something which is an identifiable non-monetary asset with no physical substance. And this is where I feel the most at home. It's not the only answer. I'll come back to that later. But this is where I feel most at home. It doesn't have a substance. Doesn't, you can't touch it. It is identifiable. It's separable. You do control it. And there are benefits. So it seems to meet the definition of an intangible asset under ISA 38. And it's also going to meet the recognition criteria as well, because I say 38 talks about a probable flow and reliable measure. And now I find it bizarre in a way, because I say 38 was written 25 years ago. It was written before the internet. It was it's an analog standard for a digital age. So we're applying the standard, which just didn't conceive of, no one, no one knew what was going to happen in terms of cryptocurrencies. So it's, it's an out-of-date standard. But anyway, having identified 
a cryptocurrency as an intangible asset, two fundamental questions arise around the accounting treatment. First of all, ISA 38 says, is it finite or does it have an indefinite life? If it has a finite life, like a 10-year fishing license, then we must systematically write it off over that life. But if it has an indefinite life, one with no foreseeable limit, then there's no amortization, but there has to be an annual impairment review. So I would suggest that what we've got with cryptocurrencies is an indefinite life. Therefore, there's an annual impairment review. Now, secondly, the subsequent measurement. Under ISA 38, there's a choice. The default is cost, but it is possible under ISA 38 to revalue intangible assets. Now, it's very rare because ISA 38 puts an additional hurdle. There has to be an active market if you're going to revalue it. There has to be an active market. Now, with Bitcoin, there is an active market. They're bought, they're sold, the prices are available to be seen. Um, and therefore, that's very unusual for an intangible asset, but it's there. And the rules for accounting for the gains and losses that arise under Bitcoin, under cryptocurrencies, under intangible assets are the same as under ISA 16 PPE. That is to say, that if you've got a gain, you take that to equity, you take that to other comprehensive income. Unless it was the reversal of a loss um, that had been previously recognized in the PL. And if you've got a loss, you would take that to equity, you would report that in OCI, other comprehensive income. But unless it was the reversal, uh, unless um, unless it was exhausting the revaluation reserve, in which case the loss would then be charged to the PL. Now maybe that sounds a little complicated, so let me spend one minute making sure you understand the revaluation rules here. Let's buy something for 10. We've got a cryptocurrency for 10, or maybe even land and buildings under ISA 16. We bought it for 10. We revalue it to 15. The gain of five goes to equity. The gain of five goes to reserves. Very straightforward. Next year, it falls in value to 13. It falls in value by two to 13. That two goes to the reserves. That two goes to OCI because there's a reserve of five, and you can take two and you can offset it. The next year, it falls down to five. The value is now five. So it's in the books at 13, but the value is now five. So we've got a loss of eight. Now, the first three of that loss goes against the reserves. Yeah, because we've already got a balance in the reserves. And once that reserve is exhausted, yeah, you're then charging that further loss of five down through the PL. So we've now got an asset that's been written down to five, of, of which five from the original 10 has gone through the PL. So when suddenly that asset jumps to 20 at a later date, there's a revaluation gain of 15. Now, whilst normally revaluation gains go to equity, the first five is going to the PL because it's reversing the loss that's been previously charged in the PL. And then the further 10 
goes to equity, goes to reserves. I hope that helps. But look, the conclusion to this podcast is that normally I say 38 applies for intangible assets, but that is not the golden rule. And I want you to make sure that you're always reading the question and answering the question that is being set. And I have got four separate things for you to think about. Maybe the question is asking the process and how you formulate an accounting policy in respect of cryptocurrencies. Now, you've got to be really careful there because a major thrust of that question is not about cryptocurrencies. It's about how you formulate an accounting policy when you've got something which isn't subject to an accounting standard. And it's then that I say your knowledge of ISA 8 kicks in because you're going to have to refer to, oh, we should look at similar accounting standards, similar issues. We should look at the conceptual framework. We should look at the regulations that the Americans have done and other national setting bodies. That would be the approach. That would be the meat of the answer. Let me give you a second potential exam question which strikes a different note. What if the cryptocurrencies that you've got are held for sale in the ordinary course of business? What if the business model that you're operating is as a broker, somebody who is buying and selling cryptocurrencies? In other words, they're not a non-current asset. They're inventory. They're ISA too. They're lower of cost and net realizable value. So, you know, if you're picking up that you're looking at the accounts of a trader, there's a different accounting standard. What about stakeholder perspective? What about integrated reporting? What have they, what's the angle there with cryptocurrencies? And I think it's about disclosure. I think it's about explanation. If I'm earning shares in a company, I don't, you know, what's the risks involved? How are they managing those risks? I want that clearly explained to me. And the logical, one of the logical places of doing that is in the integrated report, in the notes to the accounts. So as, a, as an investor, as an owner, as a stakeholder in the company, if they're engaged in cryptocurrencies and there's a hint in the requirement of the question that you're addressing it from their perspective, then you have an information need to know why they're doing it, how they're managing those risks. So it's clear to you what is going on, because I personally would be a little bit unhappy. You know, I don't see cryptocurrencies on a personal basis as an investment at all. It's a gamble. And if I'm trying to invest my shares in a company, I want them to do something sensible. And at this moment in time, I don't think it's at all sensible to get involved in such a crazy, volatile uh, matter. Now, lastly, I'm going to mention deferred tax. You know, why not? Um, what will be the deferred tax implications of owning and investing in, in, in cryptocurrencies. And, you know, what you're then doing is uh, answering the question that is set and talking about how, 
you know, if there are gains, uh, if, if you revalue a cryptocurrency upwards, recognizing a gain, that creates a temporary difference because the carrying value has gone up but not the tax base. There's no current tax assessed. And that revaluation gain creates a taxable temporary difference, creates a deferred tax liability. So you've got an expense that you can then, a tax expense that you can then match with the revaluation gain, blah, 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 blah. As always, you in the exam are answering the question that is set. You have a toolbox of knowledge. And what you've got to do is use those tools to answer the question, which means you read the question, you understand what it is. So don't automatically jump out and say, cryptocurrencies are ISA 38 intangible assets. Read the question, explain your answer, drawing on this knowledge. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, please like, please subscribe to this podcast. Please recommend it to your friends. And if you want to get in direct contact with me, if you want further assistance to help you pass ACCA exams, the SBR exams, then I'm easily available on LinkedIn uh, and through my website, www.tomclendon.co.uk. Happy studying and thank you for listening.